Hey there, here we are at episode seven of season six of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm gonna be speaking with David Glickman about beliefs and how they shape your business. And David has a wonderful background in comedy, and I just think he has so many witty things to share and you're gonna really enjoy this episode. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Hello, David. Thank you so much for being here on the Simplify and Multiply show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Terry. This is so much fun to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this. I really have been. Oh, me too. Me too. When I when I saw you at our FSA chapter meeting and you gave such a wonderful presentation, I was like, I had to get a tissue. People thought I was crying from being sad about something. <laughs> but like when I left the room, I was like, all oh, my eyes were like all wet and stuff because I was laughing so hard at everything that you were giving us. It was like coming at us so fast. It was so enjoyable. And I just, I couldn't wait to get you on the show. Well, thank you. Now you've just given me a great idea. I need to sell tissues back of the room. If I'm going to make people cry with laughter, then it's a yes. new revenue source. There we there go. You go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, listen, why don't we kick off our conversation with just a tell our listener a little bit about the work you're doing today and kind of, you know, just briefly how you got to the place that you that you were working with with your healthcare and your speaking and, and why that industry and and all the things that you're doing to put smiles on the faces of people in your audience. All right. Briefly. Okay. That that being the the key word there, because we could spend <laughs> about four and a half hours, but I'll, I'll, I'll do the quick version here. Uh, I came out of college with a degree in communications, but I knew that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I worked in it for a few years in public relations and marketing, but I wanted to be a stand-up comic. And that's what I did. Uh, I love know, it. And became a stand-up comic. But show business is two words. It's show and business. Yeah. And you have to do both really well. So I opened some comedy clubs in South Florida. And I could be on stage as much as I wanted. They were my clubs. Yeah, so, that's one way to do it. <laughs> it is. It, it, well, being an entrepreneur and a solopreneur, you know, you have to uh, invent uh, ways to make things happen. And that's how yeah. I invented a way to get stage time. I opened my own room. I didn't need people to hire me. I hired myself. So as the comedy clubs kind of diminished in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, I then transitioned into professional speaking. I could always work clean, which, of course, you have to do as a, a professional speaker. Mm -hmm. um, and then further into that journey, Terry, I found that niching was an even better way to build a business. I, I could speak to any group, um, and I have spoken to pretty much every industry from, you know, AT&T to Xerox, uh, you know, and everything in between. But for me, and I know you've done another 
series on niching, so I won't go down you know that path. <laughs> yes, but thank you. Um, but healthcare became the niche that worked well for me. So nice. Getting back to your original question, these days I am a keynote speaker, predominantly in the healthcare space, talking to healthcare professionals, helping them just feel better about all of the stress and angst and anxiety that they go through, and um, kind of you know helping the the caregivers, as it were. Yeah, and and that is a, a thankless job in many ways. Mm-hmm. I remember when my husband was so ill that I was so grateful for the people, the numerous people that took care of us uh, during that journey with him. And I, to this day, am always appreciative of any healthcare uh, person, whether it be the doctor or the candy striper, anybody who's coming through to offer assistance, offer cheer, offer care. Is, is someone who's very, very special to me because I went through those experiences with him. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. Great. I really do. And I'm so glad that you're out there, you know, bringing levity and joy and stress relief to those people. Absolutely. I, I'm well, they, grateful they, you're doing that. No, they need that. They need that. My company is called Healthcare Humor. And that's essentially I'm, I'm finding what's funny in their world. Um, as I always say, you know, I can't change the stress they're dealing with. But I can at least show them a different way that they can look at it, a different way they yeah, can approach it. Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, this is why I wanted to have you on this particular season, because when you're dealing with the humor side of stress and, you know, to speak specifically to your niche and the things that you're having conversations about, I wanted to have you get on with me here and talk about like mindset, beliefs, because so much can be shifted when you have a different perspective. And I think that's what humor really provides for, is it allows you to have a different perspective. And that's where humor lives, is in looking at something really in a different way and surprising people with that different perspective so they can actually go, oh, there's humor in that. Wow, check it out. Absolutely. So so talk to me a little bit about what it was like for you when you transition from comedy club world business owner to focusing more on delivering some real customized value from the stage and to all these companies and then eventually, you know, focusing on healthcare. What were some of the things that your mindset was fixated on and how did you deal with the transition? Because that's a big transition you made in your career. And so what are some of the things that you were thinking and doing to help yourself be successful? That's a great question. Uh, as your program is geared to solopreneurs, this transition for me was wonderful because during my days as a stand-up comic and a comedy club owner, I was more of an entrepreneur with a large staff. I had a tremendous overhead. I had, at Mm. any given time, 12, 15, 18 employees and was working to (laughs) to keep them fed. Uh, And the journey to solopreneur was the best part of this for me. The overhead disappeared. The stress disappeared. So as... As difficult as all of our all of us who are solopreneurs know business is, I would take this life any day over the it. life I had when yeah. I had a humongous payroll and uh, you know people reporting to me. So mm. that part of the journey um, was was very positive. 
the mindset for becoming solopreneur, um, I was very confident. And I think part of that comes from being on stage and yeah. having the vulnerability to um, be up there for the purpose of getting laughs and potentially bombing. I mean, I, yeah. uh, I and have being heckled, right. get, get I mean, tough skin. <laughs> um, you know, I, I've had beer bottles thrown at me oh on stage. I, I had a, a, a biker come on stage once and grab the mic out of my hand. Oh my you know, God. I've, you know, I've had people heckle me, you know, in, in droves. So if you can put up with that, yeah. Uh, you know, having a printing job that goes bad and the vendor won't make it good, that, that you know, you roll with it. Right. Um, you just, you just, and I know that sounds very simplistic and I, I don't mean to be flippant with it. Um, but but I, I'll say this to, to your original question. What comedians and humorists do is when we are faced with stress and every solopreneur is going to have that, that, that stress. Yeah, for sure. We we'll look at that challenge and we say, is there another way to look at this, to reframe it, reposition it, restate it that might make it fun or mm -hmm. funny? And most of the time there is. Now, not all the time, but you know, I don't chart it like data, but I would say 90 to 95 percent of the time, I can find some challenge in my business, another way to look at it that's fun or funny. And I just, Do you have any examples? Oh gosh. Um, well, I'm trying to think. So, so okay, we're we're not on camera. This is just an audio podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. So I have something on my desk um, that if if I'm having a difficult call with a uh, client or something like that. Now I'm not sure if our microphone's going to pick this up. But we'll see here. Well. You know what? The battery's bad on it. If, <laughs> if your listeners had heard this at a good time, this thing has a huge laugh. Is what It's an audio <laughs> laugh. Um, but I haven't picked this up in a few months, and it's not working now. So, so what is it? It looks like... Oh, you know, it's, it's a little... It's a, it's a stress It's a stress thingy. Um, okay. You know, but it so has, it's like this little guy, and he's grabbing his stomach, and his mouth's wide open. His right. eyes are like little creases. He's cracking up, right. and he's probably about two inches tall. And David has been like squeezing this thing and beating on it and trying to get it to make this laugh. Right. And, and it, it normally do does. It. Yeah. Normally. It so, has David, does that mean that you haven't needed a laugh in a long time? Did <laughs> you yeah. let the battery die on it? That's probably true. Um, <laughs> you know, with someone like myself who has to be funny on demand, I mean, I'm not mm. funny as we sit here on a podcast necessarily, but it, you know, in, in my work where I'm in front of an audience or where I'm punching up speeches, I, you know, that's another mm -hmm. business I have funnier speeches where I actually punch up speeches for other speakers and presenters. I have to be funny on demand. So I can find funny in an instant. Um, so no, I probably haven't needed the laugh. Um, um, I've been able to ask, you know, what's, what's funny about this. And then I can just find ways to, it, it, it's, it's a reset tool, Terry. Yeah. It's, 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 I'm like a human GPS. And I always say that to my friends, you know, you know how your GPS always says, you know, recalculating, recalculating yep. mm -hmm. that I'm constantly recalculating when something ticks me off you know, because <laughs> think about this and, and your listeners should, should know this too. As solopreneurs, we're all going to be faced with the, these challenges in business, yeah. you know, yeah. um, we can't 
change that stress that's going to happen. And I know I'm repeating myself here, but we can change the way we look at it. it, it Absolutely. It's a mindset issue. Absolutely. Uh, and so what I'm kind of want to, wanting to pull from you, and this is fun because I'm, you know, <laughs> listener, we did right. not prepare for this call other than this is what the topic is and let's right. go ahead and I'll lead you through it. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to have a little fun with oh, you, David. Oh boy, here we all go. Right. All right. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to test your, I, I can be funny on demand. Okay. Now I okay. got to see this demonstrated when you were uh, giving our presentation and we had uh, some people get up and do like a little bit of their speech and then you gave them feedback. Right. And I was amazed at some of the suggestions you made on the fly. So I know you can do this. Huh. All right. So I'm going to paint a scenario for you and then okay. I'll let you think about it. And you can give some suggestions on how to improve the belief system or the thinking or the mindset for the solopreneur, because these are going to be solopreneur scenarios. And some of these I may actually be pulling from my own personal experience, uh, right. but I'm not going to say which ones. <laughs> okay. And, Suggesting for um, a friend. It's for a friend. Yeah. 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 yeah there's this, uh, this, there's this friend I know. And yeah. uh, she, I mean, he's uh <laughs> So if if you're if you're game, I'm game. Let's let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. All right. So uh, we have a solopreneur who's a physical therapist, and this physical therapist is uh, currently spending a lot of time uh, dealing with uh, a senior population with a lot of chronic injuries or ailments that uh, require constant physical therapy. And so this solopreneur has a, a nice following. It's, it's regionally based, so he sees people in his office. And one of the things that he would like to do is start expanding his business online. But since he's a somatic practitioner, meaning his hands are on his patients, mm -hmm. he's really struggling to find ways to do that. And so he's feeling a little frustrated because he wants to be able to increase his revenue sources. He wants to be more creative in his work. And he also wants to expand outside of the senior population and reach people of all ages because he knows a lot about pain management. So his main, I guess, the best thing he does for people is work with their pain management so they don't have to rely so much on medication. And through the, the work he does with the body and how much he understands the mind-body connection and all the nerves and everything, he's brilliant at this. So he's obviously an expert. He's a doctor of physical therapy, right. and he's seeing the senior population in his office but he wants to expand and he's feeling frustrated. So his mindset is one of, I don't know what to do. I'm used to seeing people. How do I translate this? I mean, and then he starts to look at tactical solutions and he just gets more frustrated because he doesn't know anything about video or, you know, he's feeling heavy from it. Yeah. So what would your guidance be on that? Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you getting the sense that there may be some long-held beliefs getting in the way of your business thriving? A solopreneur business can be challenging at times, to say the least. Everything from simplifying marketing to keeping your pipeline filled with a steady stream of great clients, there is a ton to do to run your business and be successful. 
the cause of these challenges may not necessarily be the economy, a missing marketing tactic or strategic action you're not taking, but a hidden belief that doesn't serve you or your business. The good news is you can uncover and change a belief that's sabotaging your business happiness, and I have the tools that'll help you. You'll find them inside my new home for solopreneurs, Pappy Club. I invite you to join for free right now. Get what you need to crush those limiting beliefs and define new beliefs that support business success and your overall happiness. Head over to pappyclub.com to sign up and start infusing your thinking with positive beliefs that support how awesome you are and all of the great things you've yet to accomplish in your business and life. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-L-U-B dot com to sign up now and I'll see you there. Well, that is, that is different than the traditional punch-up I would do, but I can think of a, a punch-up of, of the business and unfortunately it becomes more tactical than mindset. But sometimes hearing some of these tactical ideas can get you excited and suddenly just spin the positivity and, and the excitement of, oh, that could be great. So for argument's sake, um, if he were to start, and again, he may not know enough about this uh, you know, computer or social media or what have you, but if he were to come up with, for argument's sake, something like, oh, and by the way, and let me just back up for a minute. I don't, I'm not very tech savvy. I happen to have two teenagers. I go to them. Now, if, <laughs> if, if, if this doctor of physical therapy has any teenagers on his block, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, let's it, say that part of it's not the problem. Okay. It's more how he's thinking, thinking about, about it okay. and how he's feeling about his thought process. All right. So, so we start getting excited about what could his physical therapy uh, practice for the future look like. Um, I would start a, a uh, whether it's a, a written thing where people submit or a blog or he comes up with, you know you need PT when, and then you come up with funny things, you know, um, you know your, your arm does this instead of this. You know, you, it's almost like Jeff Foxworthy's, you, you know, you're a yeah. redneck when, you know you need PT when. Um, I like that. And then, you know, he does all the things that PT also stands for, you know, pretty tense, you know, potentially traumatic, you know, and, and he comes up with a hundred things that PT stands for other than I physical therapy. Um, when he comes on, he might have his uh, a song of the week, you know, like hurts so bad or, you know, <laughs> or has music playing in the back room, all, you know, fun and pain related. And he talks over that. And then even when he's doing hands on, have that music playing in the background, not just your, your like jazz, come up with specific pain-related songs, and most pain songs are about love and, you know, relationships, but you make the transition. You make it about pain. You start adding these fun elements um, to the practice. You get excited now about the potential. Hey, this becomes the fun PT practice, um, you know, instead of, you I know, love it. something I like love PT it. Barnum. It's, I mean, I've got, know, like, this huge smile on my face right. because I'm just, like, those ideas are it, and this is why I wanted to do this with you, and we're going to do a couple more, because, David, what you're offering is a perspective shift, as we were talking, right. into out of the problem into possibility. And for a solopreneur, that is huge, 
because we do, because we solve so many of our own problems, either tactically or just like kind of putting a strategy together, that we get fixated on that as opposed to looking at outside the box. It's like last season was all about creativity and innovation. And these are the things that are so important to us solopreneurs, like aliveness in their business. And I think sometimes we get so, I know I've done this in my business, we get so serious about the problems we solve and who right. we solve them for. And, you know, we're all about the serious nature of everything we do and we're experts and blah, 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 right? But at the end of the day, the more fun we have, the more fun we generate in our own experience as a solopreneur, as well as how it shows up for our clients and our prospects is huge, just like what you're doing with healthcare uh, caregivers and the workers. I mean, it's huge. And I, I love everything that you had to share about that. Like, oh, I'm you. ready to, like, you know, start doing those things, even yeah. translating those into my business. Good, <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. Well, and that's the thing. Um, you know, one of my dearest friends in the speaking industry is Ron Culberson. I don't know if mm -hmm. you know Ron, but Ron's book and his main speech is it's six words. It's do it well, make it fun. And I've just, I always thought Ron nailed it with six words. Do it well, make it fun. And yes, that I, 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 I embrace that with the way I look at running my own business. And again, it's back to those two words, show business, at least from my yeah. perspective. You know, right. you know, my show is what, you know, the person you're talking about was his PT practice. That's his practice. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's that. And then the that's business. an interesting way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. yeah. All so right, I got what's, another What's your one other here. challenge? All right, throw me another Okay, one. <laughs> so we have a, um, a consultant, okay? And this consultant specializes in, uh, works primarily with financial planners and analysts within corporations. So this is the financial arm of a business that deals a lot with, um, you know, just all the data capture, interpreting that data for the business, obviously the financial accounting aspect, you know, they're always working in Excel spreadsheets, they're reporting up to the CFO, um, you know, the director of FP&A as well as the CFO, and they're in a rather large, very weighted organization, very siloed, very weighted organization. And they're often overburdened with uh, too much work. They, um, you know, just have uh, the systems are kind of screwed up. The processes are screwed up. So this consultant goes in and does training in these corporations for the FP&A professionals. And he helps them with their uh, understanding some better ways to use Excel. So he deals specifically with software, but he also helps the whole department improve their processes, their you know, just kind of simplifying things, making things more streamlined, more effective, and becoming more valuable to the organization as opposed to just the numbers group, so to speak. And so this consultant is having a little bit of a challenge finding new inroads to corporations. And this is more of a, I guess it would be a sales, sales. slash prospecting right. uh, capacity. And it's, a lot of it is getting to the right person and some of the practical things that are involved. But once he gets the opportunity to have that conversation, it goes right into kind of like the training thing. And so he's his success rate isn't as good as it could be, 
because he's focusing on the product and the delivery as opposed to a different kind of conversation that would be more fun for both parties and come off more fresh. So what are some of the things that you could have fun with as far as coaching this consultant on different ways he could approach his prospecting and his outreach so he could land better? Hmm. And again, we're we're riffing right here. You know, we're yes. just making this we're up totally as we go along. We're totally just making it up as All we right. go. <laughs> um, if I remember right, uh, I don't remember the source on this. I think it's either cartoonbank.com mm-hmm. or there is another source, and I'm, I, I, you could find it. Uh, the, all the old New Yorker cartoons, the entire archive of New York cartoon, New Yorker oh, wow. cartoons. I'd go specifically for the financial ones. There are a zillion financial ones, all about the financial industry. I would license those. It's very inexpensive to license them. I would send out one a week, you know, uh, you know, funny financial of the week, compliments of, blah, blah, blah. you know, once a week is not going to disrupt anyone's, uh, no, you know, week. And, you, and you'll get to where you're looking forward to it. Oh, you know, John is sending, you know, oh, here's the funny cartoon of the week. You can print it out. You can put it up on the, on the bulletin board. You can do, uh, you know, whatever with it. So a funny cartoon geared specifically for the financial market. Um, if Excel is the vehicle that so many of these uh, you know, clients are using, um, my wife's a CPA, so she she lives, breathes, and eats, sleeps, you know, Excel. Um, <laughs> I don't know Excel at all, but she can do anything in Excel. I would suggest to this, uh, your, your person you're speaking about, that he sends funny things in an, what you can do in Excel that's funny that no one's ever thought of. You can find these online, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, cartoons or recipes or TV shows from the 80s, you know, whatever it might be. Excel is not just for numbers. There you you go. You know, and, and I love that. I love that statement right there. Excel is not just for numbers. (laughs) It's true. Only, I've only learned that because I've seen my wife, she can only Mm. solve things through Excel. You know, that's mm. the only thing she knows how to do. So, um, and that's a good thing because she's found creative ways to use it. Um, and then I would come up with, again, something like, um, and this may not be it because it might be, uh, you know, too, too uh, not corporate, but something like um, the hell of Excel or Excel hell or you're in Excel hell. Something, <laughs> again, we're just giving the prospects right. some levity that their competitors are not going to do. That's how you stand out. Now, again, I don't know that that's solving the mindset problem, but Mm -hmm. if you find it, you as the the solopreneur funny, your clients are probably going to find it funny. And you now start building up this, this, you know, a better chance of a relationship. I agree. And, you know, I think humor is the great equalizer because as human beings, humor is the basis for communication in so many ways. I mean, even nonverbal humor. Uh, I mean, my I can remember as a kid coming downstairs and hearing my dad cracking up (laughs) like I've never heard him laugh. And I'm like, what? Like, is he okay? Because he was it was like my dad was like E.F. Hutton. You know, you just like, you know, (laughs) and. (laughs) And I go downstairs and I'm like, what is he doing? And I turn around the corner and look in the TV room. He's sitting there with tears coming out of his eyes. He's watching the Three Stooges. (laughs) And so much of what they did was all slapstick. It was all physical humor. And I think that 
I really do believe that as a solopreneur, we, we take ourselves way too seriously. seriously. We yeah. really do. And that's what, why I love playing this game with you, because you, what you're doing is even though some of these examples that you're giving might not be, you know, appropriately applied Correct. literally, Correct. but the, what I want the listener, my listener to hear is how you're thinking about this situation, how you're peeling back and saying, listen, how can we look at this differently? And I really think that this is a true belief slash mindset shifter, is if we can shift our perspective about things, even when injecting humor, whether we use it or not, just like that physical therapist going through that process of what are, you know, all the acronyms PT can come up with, right? right? And just having fun on their end, just going through that experience and that, that lightens things. And that enables them to maybe look at what they're doing not so seriously. So I am so appreciative of that. So we're going to do one more. Okay. okay? And this before, one's about... before you do okay. that, can I just, I want to throw one thing into what yes. you just said, though, because sometimes it becomes a challenge to find the funny in something. So mm. in my own business as a solopreneur, I actually ask three questions to myself. Um, one of them is about funny. I always, you know, I'm faced with a challenge. I say three things. What's good about this? What's funny about this? And what can I learn from this? Now, oh, I may not great. be able to answer mm. all three. I may not be, be able to do all three, but I typically can find at least one answer to one of those questions. So even if there's nothing funny, maybe I learned something from it. Maybe there was a lesson. Yeah. And that to and me, that's gold. Though, though, that's awesome. I think that's the whole episode right there, honestly. And hmm. and to and I'm always about speak because I'm a futurist, so I'm always speaking into possibility. Right. And I think if you added one word to each one of those statements, and they kind of are, it's kind of implied slash inferred in those statements. But if you add the word could, hmm. what could be funny about yeah. this? What could, could be good about right? this? And what, what, right. And what could I learn from, from this? this. Right. I and like that. that all of a sudden shifts it a little bit into something where you're creating and you're inviting possibility. And I like that. That's my gift to you. I am writing that down. I love that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. So I hope, I hope that my listener uh, appreciates that. So let's go ahead and finish this up sure. with one last scenario. You got it. And this one is uh, about a solopreneur who is a, uh, a consultant as well. And they work with um, all different types of businesses to help them with their uh, communications and PR and, and stuff like that. And, and they're good at what they do, but they um, hate sales. They absolutely hate sales. And they're afraid to reach out and make a sales call. They don't want to bother people. They uh, would rather stay busy doing the work for the, the clients than get on the phone or bother them with an email. They're, they're constantly have the mindset of, I don't want to interrupt people. I don't want to bother people. Um, uh, you know, oh, they probably already have somebody who's taking care of their PR for them. Um, you know, just basically talking them themselves out of the outreach because they resist it so much. So what are some of like humor focused or different ways that this solopreneur who struggles with sales, sales, thinks sales is slimy, uh, pitch. They don't want to be pitchy. They don't want to sound like they're reading a script. All of the bad things you hear out there about salespeople, they buy into and they've got that stuck in their head and it keeps them from outreach. It keeps them in obscurity 
and it keeps their business small because they're not able to connect with people they can really help. Were you reading my mind during that What do you question? mean? No, no, no. That's my biggest struggle is, is, is I don't like selling for my own business. So I have had to, I have had to learn how to overcome what you're talking about here. Well, then and you have to give us your secrets. I am. I'm going to give that to you right now. Um, and it's, it is through humor. Um, and I know, again, I don't want to sound simplistic here. When I was, when I was either in middle school or high school, I know it would, it would have been junior high, middle school. My, I think one of my very first jobs, um, I'm dating myself here, was as a fuller brush man. You know, I was, I was 13 oh, or 14 goodness. years old. <laughs> I, Terry, I lasted one day, one oh day, because you had to knock on strangers' doors and I say, know. you know, would you like to buy X, Y, and Z? And I ended up knocking on the door saying, you wouldn't want to buy this, would you? I mean, that was, that, that was my opening line, honest to goodness. Oh, my yeah. God. So I was not cut out for sales. So <laughs> that was my opening it, line. It was, I was. I don't think I've ever shared that before. <laughs> that is that is my that was my opening I love line. So, it. <laughs> so I knew that sales was not going to be my forte. And yet I had to build a business. When I had the comedy clubs, I built the business uh, because the product was funny and word of mouth. Oh, you and know, you build it on great. your strength too. Right. But when I became a solopreneur, I had to sell speeches that are very yeah. expensive. And I don't like picking up the phone. Yeah. So I had to find other ways. Now, again, these are kind of, uh, some are old school, some are more, you know, contemporary, but I would find ways to, uh, I still would do, I still do old school, big mailings. I, I will do big oversized postcards with, mm. you know, very funny things on there. And I will, I, 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 I don't get a big percentage but I'd rather send out 500 of those that are funny yeah. than make 500 calls. <laughs> yeah. you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, now maybe my closing rate would be higher on the phone calls. But for those of us who don't like selling, we can use, um, you know, humorous uh, marketing things. Now, again, I know mm -hmm. I'm not really helping the client you're talking about because the sales, you know, is, is challenging. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in their shoes, too. So, yeah. you know, with... The videos I do, um, my videos online are what help sell me better. Your PR and communications expert could do, um, you know, uh, you know, ninety-second communication funny tips that he or she is sending out. They don't have to pick up the phone, but it, and, and maybe even a thirty-second one is better because nobody has more than thirty seconds. But you make it very, yeah. very clear in the short subject stuff, line. Yeah. You know, thirty seconds of communications comedy. 30 seconds, you know, com comedy, communications comedy. Who's not going to click on 30 seconds? And if he or she then just, you know, says something funny for that week's sales blitz, you know, to his or her list, hopefully she has a CRM that, you know, has, has some kind of a list of something or buy a list, um, then hopefully you start getting some traction on that. You know, that, again, I... I I dread picking up the phone when I have yeah. to do calls. So I, I try to find all these other clever ways around it uh, if I can. It's almost like you could come up with your own goofy ways to get yourself to pick up the phone and call somebody. <laughs> and, you know, like you're creating your own, uh, you know, comedy routine for doing sales that is palatable. 
Um, and you actually share it with your prospects. Right. Okay. So this is how much I hate doing sales, Mr. Smith. Right. I actually blah, blah, blah. And there it is. Right. And then they, you end up laughing, you create rapport right. and there away you go. Um, I'll share with you very quickly. Um, probably my most successful sales venture again, knowing that I hate picking up the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, this was a few years ago. I, uh, was trying to get more business from speakers bureaus. Those are okay. organizations that, um, they're like agents, they book speakers and, um, it's very challenging to, to, to get them to book you. There's a zillion other speakers who right, you know, are trying yeah. the same thing. And because my programs are highly, highly customized, I was trying to push that as my differentiating factor, why mm -hmm. I would be good. So I had postage stamps designed, I uh, forget the vendor, I think it's Zazzle, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, where you can, you can, you can um, have any logo, any graphic, any image put into a, a, a actual postage stamp. So I took the, the logo of each of these speakers bureaus I was prospecting, and I had stamps made up with their logo. So they get this big oversized envelope into their office, and all the stamps on there are their own logo. And then the outside of the envelope said, you know, if you like these stamps, there's many more inside and the best customized speaker in America or some words to that effect. Right. Like that. Right. So oh, I had cool, a, a whole How would you not, why would you not even open that? Right. Yeah. So there was another sheet of stamps in there with their logo on it. And then I just went on, you know, I, my copy was something like, did you just get excited seeing these? Think how excited your clients will get when they see a speaker talking all about them, blah, 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 blah. Nice. Bam. You know, lots of, nice. of converting. So but, I like that's really creative. You know, you should have gone into advertising, David. <laughs> well, I, my I, gosh, that was my first job before I did stand up. I mean, that's you know, right. Yeah, you did say yeah. that. Oh, so, my God. That's funny. Um, but that creativity, you know, that's the kind of thing that especially your PR and communications expert, mm -hmm. he or she can come up with those kind of sure. things. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, they're out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, this has been so much fun kind of kicking this back and forth. I yes. think that you and I need to do like a, uh, maybe we could do a workshop for solopreneurs to like, like a, a comedy stand-up routine for that's all about life as a solopreneur. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, we could have some fun. And we'll definitely do a segment on how much we hate to make outbound sales, sales calls. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds great, Oh, that's great, great David. Listen, it's been so wonderful having you on the show. And thank you for giving us some new perspectives around how we can think about our business and how we can bring humor in to just shift our mindset into a much better place where there's more possibility and more opportunity for us to enjoy not only the work we're doing, but actually expand how we can reach and provide value to more people. And I'm so grateful that you were here with me today. Thank you, Terry. It's been my pleasure. And it all comes back to mindset. It all comes back to mindset. So true. So true. So thank you for being here to help us drive that home for our solopreneurs. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. 
If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.